everyone's been through a lot of pain the last 12 months and I think you know we can all turn that to our benefit going into to next season. You have tuned into PodSAM, the podcast channel of Sam Magazine, the voice of the mountain resort industry. In July of 2020, the team at Sam Magazine hosted a huddle we affectionately called Can't Touch This. We invited operators to share their thoughts about the challenges of a season where everyone needed to be in their own personal bubble and how to implement technology that enabled that. If you want to catch up, it's episode 42. On this episode, we've invited some operators who successfully implemented that technology and discuss how it impacted operations, staffing, guest behavior, and guest expectations, and what that might mean for the future. This episode is supported by Aspenware, Flake, and Access. We'll start the discussion here with Sam publisher, Olivia Rowan. So thank you all for joining us today on our huddle. Uh, I'm Olivia Rowan, publisher of Sam Magazine, and joining me our senior editor, Dave Meeker. Today, we are talking with resort operators from Boreal, California, Killington, Vermont, and Sugar Bowl, California, and suppliers Aspenware, Access, and Flake about the tech transition um, of this past year. The timing of this huddle, as I'm sure we've all been feeling, um, happens to coincide with the anniversary of the weekend that our professional and personal lives dramatically changed. And we all know where we were this time last year. And, and this past year really was a moment for tech supplier and operator to work together to get it right, get the frictionless um, customer experience dialed for the season um, and this crazy winter that we just experienced. So in all the long hours and the hustle to keep um, pace with the moving target of the pandemic, we found um, there have been some pretty incredible tech stories of partnership, of discovery, evolution, progress, and resilience uh, that we'll share in this next hour. Happy and pleased to have Kelly Pollock, president of NSAA here, um, who's going to share an update from what um, she's up to with her team. So Kelly, thanks for joining. Thank you. Hi. At NSAA, a um, couple things going on right now. We have scheduled our national convention. It will be virtual uh, for June 7th through the 11th. And uh, it'll be, registration will be open on April 1st. So I uh, have to wait till then to see what kind of content, but it'll be sub similar to winter going for um, quality over quantity. And then uh, the other thing that's going on right now is uh, we have just launched a DEI survey for uh, ski area staff. Uh, and this is really important because as we all take this journey and, and trying to really understand inclusion and diversity in our mountain um, places um, and spaces, uh, we have to work on getting our own house in order. So we, we need to understand um, how our ski area staff members feel about their work spaces. So um, if you are an NSAA member, uh, you can go to our website and grab that link. It's free and just push it out to your um, staff. Uh, if you're not a NSAA member, we still want you to participate. So just reach out to one of your state um, heads, whoever runs your state association, and they'll provide you with that link. And uh, please do so by March 31st, so we can um, report back to you at our national convention. And this is our benchmark year. Um, what do our ski, ski area staff members really feel about their, their workspaces? Um, I think it's gonna be fascinating. So thank you. Thanks, Kel. 
This huddle is sponsored by Access, the market leader in ticketing, fulfillment, and RFID access control solutions for the North American ski industry. Access understands that first impressions are critical and a frictionless customer journey makes a difference. From RFID access control ski gates to digital ticket fulfillment options, Access enables your customers to buy online and fulfill at the resort with easily accessible RFID and barcode ticket pickup locations. Combined with friendly and transparent ticket validation, Access makes it easy for your customers to ski and ride. For more information, head to www.teamaccess.com. T-E-A-M-A-X-E-S-S dot com. Dave Meeker here, senior editor with SAM. First, uh, I just want to start by saying congratulations to all of the ski area operators watching and listening. Uh, it was very interesting going back and listening to the July Can't Touch This Tech Huddle on PodSAM recently. It seemed even then that while we were speculating as to what this winter would bring from a technology and operations standpoint, a lot of it has proven to come true. And by many accounts, it has been a relatively successful winter. Our friends in Ontario were impacted by a province-wide shutdown, of course, but otherwise North American ski areas have stayed open and adjustments we discussed making last summer have worked, which is something to be very proud of. So we called this huddle the tech transition because the pandemic created a need for ski areas to change how they use technology and what technologies they use. In July, we talked about how the ski industry in general has been a technology laggard, but that appears to be changing or at least changing much faster than before. Some of the ski area operators we have on the huddle today represent resorts that already had relatively robust technology in place, but leaned in further for this winter as well as resorts that made major tech additions prior to this winter and are seeing the benefits. In all cases, the changes and upgrades will have lasting positive impacts on both the guest experience and the staff experience. Major themes of last summer's discussion were the move to all, or at least a vast majority of lift ticket sales online and to provide as contactless of experience as possible on site. With that, we are excited to be joined once again by a duo who joined us on July's tech huddle from Boreal Soda Springs in Woodward Tahoe in California is President and General Manager, Amy Oran and Senior Manager of Mountain Sports, Max Gall. Guys, we had you on the July huddle because you were already well on your way to providing a contactless experience pre-COVID with a vast majority of tickets being purchased in advance online and pickup boxes, pickup box kiosks for on-site redemption. Even still, the resorts underwent a tech transition in July, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I wanted to start with a new model for guest access you introduced this winter called GoTime Tickets. Uh, if you could take us through what GoTime Tickets are, what implementation was like from the resort perspective, and how the GoTime model has impacted both operations and guest experience. Great. Thanks, Dave. Good to see everybody again. And it's so nice to be talking about what we're talking about today, if you rewind to what we were talking about this day last year. Um, as Dave said, uh, prior to this last season, we had gone undergone a pretty uh, comprehensive upgrade in our technology, switching to RFID and uh, largely putting our purchasing through e-com channels. And um, without knowing where we were headed with a pandemic, we had a campaign called Hands-Free RFID. Um, we have a point of view on technology where we have found <clears throat> particular successes 
how we bring a, a strategy to life with our guests and really asking ourselves the question, you know, what does it mean for their experience? How does it add value? And how can we connect them to uh, an implementation? And case in point, the hands-free RFID, um, we were able to really build on it this year. And in sharing this example, uh, this is a new ticket model, which happened to be very tech dependent and really had just compounding bottom line impacts with our access control, with staggering our services, um, with the guest experience itself, and certainly from an operating income impact. Um, like everyone here, we've spent years just using process function and technology and you know, making incremental progress and solving the challenges that I think we all share with capacity and crowding and speed of service, which is a, a big one here at, at our resort. Um, and also like everyone here, COVID-19, as you said, Dave, it just, it forced functions that we had to get things right this year. You know, we couldn't have the crowds, we couldn't have the slow service, we couldn't have the, the lines. Um, so we certainly, we leapfrogged years ahead in terms of our tech strategy and the outcomes that, that we found this year. Um, particularly the GoTem ticket model in solving to these challenges. We took our adjusted capacity, you know, really related to COVID this year, and we split our inventory, our day ticket inventory across six start times. Um, we have the benefit that we're open till eight o'clock every night. Um, so in, in splitting our inventory across six start times uh, that had some price elasticity that reduces throughout the day. Um, we have, you know, our unique here, like a lot of you, we have really high capture in our lesson and rental market, upwards of 60 and 70% on our peak days. And our biggest motivation for this model was really to pace the guest volume uh, through the services, really starting with the parking arrival experience, the ticketing, and most critically, our rental and snow sports um, ancillary services. And, and then certainly beyond out through our lifts and our slopes. Um, the other tweak that we made with the model this year is just a complete categorical simplification, um, eliminating all of our age brackets and um, just having one, one access product. And the two questions that we ask are, when do you want to start and how many people are coming? Um, and that certainly, we found multiple efficiencies through the tech process and it was really well received on the part of our guests as um, what they reference is it's simple and it's affordable. Um, this also further just our ability to utilize technology to ensure that, you know, we know who's coming, we know when they're coming, um, and that we can control the access through the parking lot um, and through the resort. And just like a lot of people here, we we moved a lot of our transactions upstream and uh, we are in the high 90s as far as our e-com purchases a few kind of one-offs that uh, we had to manage on site. Um, and then the other you know, key piece for us that we built off of prior year was the pickup box as our uh, main redemption point. And we got about 80 or sorry, 98% of our guests through the kiosk redemption for basically all of the products that we have. So certainly GoTem tickets is a, it's going to outlive COVID and a model that we're going to continue to optimize as we move into the future. That's very cool. Uh, thank you for that. And, and so as with anything new, 
uh, guest education is an important aspect uh, of introducing it. So we are going to show a quick video that was created to educate guests about go time tickets and the, and the online process through through Aspenware. Uh, and can so Amy, can you set this up for us by explaining you know, why it's important to have this kind of thing, this kind of video uh, guest education uh, for your market and what the goal of the video is? Yeah, absolutely. And um, as I said, you know, one of our just point of views on technology is really making sure that uh, it's not just a standalone strategy, that it aligns with our master plan. And, you know, a big area of focus for us where we're seeking to create some competitive advantage is simplic uh, simplification and ease of access. And a big part of that, as you're speaking to, is communication. One, how does it work? And two, how does it add value to my visit to the resort? And we're really grateful to have a, a marketing team that gets that. Um, and the other kind of unique that we have is we have an extremely diverse uh, visitation base and you know, seeking to simplify this as much as we can and make it as visual as possible. Um, you know, it's, so if you didn't have your volume on that you can follow through the process and understand how to engage with our services at the resort. And that's the, the kind of goal with this video. You can view the video from Boreal at www.sameinfo.com slash huddle. As I mentioned before, in July, you guys went through somewhat of a tech transition by introducing some new software platforms to operations, including Aspenware, which played a major role in GoTime. Max, ask you, what are some of the, the critical service areas that have benefited most from both this recent transition as well as you guys leaning in with the, the tech you already had? For example, pre-winter, you guys aim to have 100% online ticket sales. Um, it sounds like you're, you almost achieved that so far. And uh, how have rentals and snow sports school fared with the adjustments that you've made? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, so by the way, my name is Max Gullen, the senior manager of Mountain Sports here at Boreal Mountain Resort, Woodward Tahoe and Soda Springs. Um, so to answer your question, Dave, which services benefited um, from these changes that we made on um, this shift in kind of our, our technology strategy? And the, the short answer is all of them. They all benefited in some way or another, <clears throat> um, especially with, with this implementation of GoTime tickets. It, it didn't come without its um, you know, share of challenges, and we've learned a lot through this season. So hopefully um, you know, I can take you guys through some of the things that we learned. Um, so as we mentioned back, uh, back a few months ago before the season, you know, there's a few important things here. Technology as a solution is, is not going away. This isn't unique to just a COVID environment. Our guests are expecting more and more um, a seamless integration of, of technology and process uh, when they arrive at our resorts. And the technology, it's only going to be as good as the people and the processes and the way that it's implemented. Um, so just, just to kind of underscore that. Um, but let's take you through the process. So uh, as Amy mentioned, we implemented go time tickets, essentially a staggered start time. Um, our goal was to have 100% online purchases through all of our products and getting to 98 is a pretty big win um, in our opinion. This did a lot of things for us uh, upon arrival. It helped us to ensure that our parking lot was only filling up with guests that were 100% intending to be our guests for the day. Um, those of you that are familiar with with our location here, we get a lot of drive-to market, a lot of people that are just looking to touch the snow and you know bring personal sleds and things like that. So this model really helped with that. 
GoTime tickets also spread out our arrivals throughout the day. So um, we've always, uh, Nate and I have always joked about the pig and the python and how to control that just massive group of people that all show up within about the same hour of the day. So by allocating these spots, we were able to control that a little bit better. And of course, down the line, that has positive impacts on our services. Um, the kiosks themselves and just being able to walk up to it and scan a barcode and have your media print out um, was a huge, huge step up for us. Uh, it made our net motor scores jump by roughly 30 points just from this one step alone. Uh, moving, moving down the line, as they move from the ticketing into the rental area, um, we had some really key learnings too. Uh, at first, we hadn't adjusted anything with rental pickups to match this go time ticket model. It was a pivot that we had to make pretty quickly and we had to decide you know, how many rentals could we hypothetically service at any given time and try to match that to our go time ticket model. And then of course our, our lesson models as well, what times those started. Um, so it was really important to try to influence that guest behavior to get them to show up when they say they will. It's still not perfect. We still can't control, obviously we can't control the weather, but we can't control exactly when people show up either. Uh, we really targeted to eliminate the lines, you know, with the go time ticket model, as well as some other things. Our county wouldn't allow us to have lines indoors, um, so we had to find ways to keep the waiting outdoors. We originally tried a very smart, very technology-based solution with uh, QR codes and GPS locations and kind of an online digital queuing system. Um, but one of the things we learned there is that there, there's there's always gonna be hangups when you're relying on the guests to provide all of that technology for you. If there's any glitch with their cell connection, any glitch with their Wi-Fi, the type of phone they brought with them that day, um, anything with our Wi-Fi, it just, it just didn't work. So we pivoted very quickly and used um, like a restaurant pager system. If you guys have ever been to a busy restaurant, they hand you a little buzzer and tell you about how long it's gonna be. So we implemented that and it worked great. The, big key key part of this and why it was successful is that we were able to get people out of line. It was very cliche, but we would tell people, you know, sorry, your wait isn't over at this point, but at least you don't have to stand in line trying to maintain six feet of distance from others. You can go to your car, you can go upstairs and grab some food and beverage. Um, you, you can do something else. And we see this as a major opportunity in the future to push people to those ancillary, those other ancillary locations while they wait. Um, so big win there. Um, and then the last one to mention, just with pushing all of our online sales, um, we were able to capture waivers ahead of time. And this just incredibly sped up the process once on site. There was no need um, with, with our arrangement to, to deal with waverings and release liabilities. It was already done. And we always joked about it last year about having um, you know, online ticketing lounges uh, spread out through our property. And it became reality. There was, there was a lot of times that people would show up um, and, and be missing something. And we'd end up finding a place for them to stand safely away from others and they'd jump on their device and take care of their purchase right there. Um, and then lastly, with lessons, uh, this, this has been a kind of a work in progress for a few years for us, but we've moved to the Flake platform um, for basically our ski and ride school management system. Um, some major wins that we saw this year with Flake were the ability to do digital class lists, um, to know who was with who, what instructor, what guests, what other members of the family, um, just for any need 
Thankfully, we didn't need to, but for contact tracing and, and such, we obviously send out surveys to those folks and things like that. Um, another big win was that process allowed us to scan our instructors' contact list through RFID um, to record activities throughout the day to make sure that pay was accurate. Um, and then lastly, you guys have all seen it, instructors at the end of the day fill out a, a timesheet to keep track of what they've done. This is all digital now. They, they go on their device, their phone, their computer, whatever. They verify what we've tracked them for the day, um, what we've input for them, and they can either approve or, or raise a dispute. So little work to be done there still, but uh, really, really, uh, really, really hopeful and big wins for us. So um, yeah, those are nice. the, that's the rundown. Right on. Thank you, Max. Uh, and. You know, that's that's now, but it sounds like you guys have some some cool things in the works for the future. Could you give us a quick rundown on uh, either Max or Amy? Tell us about this model that you're thinking about. Yeah, I can give just a super quick overview. Um, and we're we're moving to a year round open 365 day days a year um, and getting away from the dual seasonal momentum killers. Um, we are going to be launching a monthly membership model for those that are interested in all access to our bunker, uh, sorry, our Woodward facility and our uh, on resort. And it'll be, this is key learnings from Woodward Park City and a trial that we had last summer, but um, four month auto renew membership that will uh, you know, hopefully give people just the year round uh, continuity and certainly a, a marketing win with having one market uh, one product in market all season. So really excited about it. Thanks right, so much, cool. Max and Amy. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, appreciate you sharing. This podcast is supported by Flake. Flake is the simple management solution that smart snow sports schools use to grow the sport. Flake makes ski and ride school management simpler by delivering a one-stop shop management software toolkit supporting all of the important management challenges in one place through a simple and intuitive user experience. Flake supports snow sports school management in getting the fundamentals of their business happening more efficiently so that they spend more time on snow doing the things that matter, delivering great lesson experiences. www.flake.com. That's www.flaik.com. Um, next up, we have Greg Dallas, who's the president and CEO of Sugar Bowl Resort in Royal Gorge Cross Country, uh, as well as John Slaughter, who's the executive director of marketing and sales at Sugar Bowl. Thanks for joining us, um, Greg and John. So um, a little bit different from Boreal, Sugar Bowl uh, went through a very big tech transition this winter by installing RFID gates and pickup boxes um, with access and using Aspenware to manage the capacity um, that we all had to uh, figure out this season um, and use it for advanced purchases. Um, so, it, you know, that's that's a tough uh, thing to take on in a normal year. You had a pandemic and it, obviously the clock ticking. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, the process of um, how did that implementation go? Thank you, Olivia. Um, I'll set it up a little bit. Um, I really want John, who is just a rock star and a superstar and went through all the details and the nuances to make this happen, did a tremendous job. But let me, let me kind of set it up and then he can answer some of the more detailed questions. We had been talking about gates and direct-to-lift technology for several years, but, but I'll tell you, COVID made the decision very easy uh, when we needed to go to touchless technology. 
Um, we shuttered last March 15th, along with, with many of you, and we made the decision very early in April to implement RFID technology, along with our COVID plan and our PASS program. As you know, they're all very intertwined, and we worked really hard. Uh, we had to take some risk and make some decisions very early, but we put that whole program together because one of our goals was very early transparent communication, and that really started you know, mid-summer. Another one of our goals was um, no on-site sales, so advanced reservations only. Uh, we spent a lot of time forecasting peak day visitation. Uh, then we limited past sales, capped those, and then we had a whole model about how we were going to balance uh, daily ticket sales uh, based on dynamic pricing and daily inventory, and, and John will touch on some of that. As far as the, the, implement, the, the direct-to-lift uh, implementation itself, Fortunately, I had the benefit of doing a very large access implementation at Mammoth, and that wasn't long ago. And that was, I think we did 17 gantries, maybe 80-ish plus gates. So it was really large. So that helped me point the team in the right direction. But I will tell you, the credit goes to the team. It was our singular biggest project that we had. So we really had the company and all resources really thinking about it. We had incredible collaboration between marketing, operations, ticketing, IT, um, and it was a really smooth implementation. And we were ready to go basically by early October. You know, part of that was uh, we were focused on this and we didn't have a lot of other distractions. So <laughs> we don't have the luxury of that many times in the ski business. That really played to our favor, favor this, uh, this year. You know, a key component to this technology uh, using access and RFID gates um, was really our e-commerce partner. And we had the benefit of already partnering with Aspenware. We had a great relationship with Rob and Aspenware. And so that really made it seamless. As you can imagine, the point of sale, the direct-to-lift technology, e-com, all have to work together. And you have to figure out how you're going to use that technology, what your programs are. And the earlier you can, you can make decisions on those programs, you can get all the nuanced decision-making done early. And we just had a great partner that we could get on the phone and talk through those things um, and that really made it seamless when it came to our implementation in the fall. Um, so the other big component was pickup boxes or kiosks, self-service kiosks. And we implemented, um, gosh, I don't think we have as many as you, Amy, but I think we did um, about seven total split between the two portals, the two lodges. And uh, the, the, the response was overwhelming from our guests. I mean, our NPS scores jumped up like 20 plus points on ticketing and process. I mean, it was, it was quite incredible how well they adopted that technology. It's all barcode based, phone based, super seamless, super easy, and then direct to lift. And then of course, once you have that, you can, you can reload. So um, being a you know, California based resort technology state, that, that was super, super seamless on our part. Um, and I think maybe the last point, point before I, I turn it back over is that, you know, we used it. This year was very unique in that we had scarcity. We had sellouts on our tickets. So we were really able to use the technology to do what I would consider all in revenue management. But many people of you do it in hotels and other things, but we are now doing it for tickets, for rentals, for lessons. And that drove a whole different level of commitment to revenue management, dynamic pricing, inventory allotment. Um, and that's where I talk about John and his team just did a fabulous job. That's all the nuance, but it's a lot of work behind the scenes. We had taken some baby steps up to this year, but we fully committed this year. 
Um, and, and it went extremely well. Again, you know, yielding quite high on all those products. So I'll pause there and turn it back over to you, Olivia, um, or, or John. Or John, let's, John, why don't you give us a little bit of some of the specific um, wins this season with leaning fully into the, the tech that you put in? Yeah, sure. Well, I think, uh, you know, the first big win was just making decisions early. None of this uh, technology set up, um, it can be done overnight. Um, and so we had to make early commitments um, during the summer and then stick with it and move towards it, uh, work with uh, access and, and ask them where to implement them uh, and then communicate to those guests. So that, that was kind of the, you know, the first biggest win. Um, like Greg said, we went uh, all in on advanced sales uh, to the point we suspended all season pass sales in uh, early September um, pretty abruptly. Um, but we decided we needed to do that so that way we could leave room for paid tickets and manage that. Um, and uh, so we, we stopped selling passes and then went all in and said everyone's going to be advanced sales. Um, and uh, like Greg said, uh, you know, leveraging the scarcity of the lift tickets because we knew on any given day based on weather, based on weekend or holiday, anything like that, how, about approximately how many pass holders are going to be visiting. Uh, we were able to then manage how many guests would be in the resort as a whole. Um, and uh, that was a tremendous win because then we just took the revenue management to a whole new level. Uh, if we saw a bluebird powder day like today breaking, um, we were able to take rate uh, knowing how many pass holders would be visiting. Um, and that was all possible through the, you know, the dynamic pricing there that, uh, that um, Aspenware offers. Um, and then the gates is, is additionally uh, just afforded us a whole new level of opportunity for eliminating lines um, because once they got a pickup box uh, pick ticket, then they were able to reload it and go direct to lift and the customers uh, really globbed onto that. Normally the, you know, renewal rates uh, on those tickets is, is, you know, relatively low. Um, but uh, they really appreciated that service. And as soon as we introduced that, they, that really took off. Um, another big win uh, that was possible was for rentals. We did rental pods this year. So kind of similar to what Boreal is doing with the time-based, but we set it up as a time-based activity and uh, had 20 minute slots where people could purchase to arrive at the rental shop. And so our rental shop NPS scores are now through the roof because they don't have to wait in line. They show up at you know, 940, uh, they're in and out in 20 minutes. We have their rentals all preset, ready for them to go. Uh, they come in with their family and they're in and out. Um, so we've seen some tremendous success from that. Uh, and then another interesting thing is we all know, you know, we get that, you know, 10, nine o'clock to 10 o'clock just crush in the rental shop. Um, but by setting up these pods and allowing people to buy times, uh, we saw a complete shift in our busiest times and more from 8 a.m. until about 10 a.m. And then it drops off. Uh, but we're able to just meter how many people are coming into the resort uh, and coming into the rental shop at one time. Um, and it turns out our throughput has been, you know, on par with the uh, reduction in um, in total skier visits anyhow. So uh, we're still putting in the same through the same uh, 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 guests through the rental shop uh, relative to the, to the visitation. So that's been a, a really big success. I was going to um, ask because you're at 60 percent capacity. And so as we scale up for next season, sounds like you're, you feel ready for, 
for that to flow into you. Yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna throw all these tricks out out the window. We're gonna hang on to as much as we can. Um, you know, we're going into next season very conservative approach. Uh, we are actually gonna suspend pass sales again. We've gone out and said passes are limited. Uh, we're actually pretty close to sell out probably by Friday, we're going to be completely sold out from next year's season passes. And that scarcity is just driving people to the point we have the percentages of sellout online and people are, are, uh, are panicked to get their passes. Um, and then uh, we're going to start the season uh, restricting the amount of day visitors unless something changes. And if California comes out with a whole new program over the summer, then we may open up pass sales. Um, and we're going to allow guests to come by at the window if we can. Um, but we're also going to take all these tricks and see how we can utilize them to sell premium products or how to, how we can, uh, you know, better serve the guests when they're on site. Right. One final question I would have is, is, um, cause it was such a big shift for staff and, and guests. How was the guest education piece? How much did you have to spend on getting them accustomed to this whole new way of experiencing sugar bowl? I, I joke that my marketing plan this year was just let the guests know what to expect before they arrive. So, um, you know, just constant barrage of communication through email, website, video, social media, things like that. Um, and we've taken a few steps that maybe have slowed down the user experience through the purchase flow, but just to make sure they know absolutely what they're getting into before they arrive. Um, and that's why we chose to not sell uh, lift tickets until uh, we cut off at midnight before the night before because we didn't want somebody to show up and they've had their head in the sand the whole time. They, they don't have a mask. They don't have any clue that they can't buy food, um, you know, and go sit inside and eat food, things like that. So we really wanted to make sure that any guests that arrived on site knew exactly what they were getting into. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so much to both you and John. I appreciate your time sharing your experience. This program is supported by Aspenware. Modernize your mountain with Aspenware. Aspenware provides software that increases online sales and improves the guest experience online and at the resort. Aspenware Commerce is an online booking platform tailored for the ski industry. Resorts using Aspenware Commerce can purchase, reload, and redeem everything online. It's time to say farewell to ticket windows and fulfillment lines and provide your guests with the ability to do everything from their phone. It's the ticket window in their pocket. Aspenware can solve your sales and fulfillment challenges. Learn more at aspenware.com, www.aspenware.com. We are going to jump over to the East Coast, and we're going to talk to our friends from Killington. And those friends are the Director of Marketing, Sales, and Reservations, Jordan Spear, and Director of Snow Sports, Dave Beckwith. We're going to get right into it, guys. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Uh, so Killington has a, a high volume snow sports school. This winter obviously is a bit different and scaled down with only private lessons offered, but a good volume nonetheless and a lot of instructors. Um, what aspects of snow sports school operations have changed and or improved by actually leveraging and leaning into technology such as Blake? So, um, well, first off, it's great to be here. You know, thanks uh, for having me. And also it's great to see the, the shifts in conversations from you know, 11 months ago to maybe this will work to now discussing what, what is working too. So kudos everybody on this call for managing through this season and hopefully moving some of the stuff forward for it's advantageous for the industry as a whole. But um, start the season off at, at Killington. You know, we took a look at the travel restrictions and, and quarantine guidelines from the state of Vermont and 
we decided to go a little bit different route and really scaled back the staff. And we only hired our veteran full-time staff and local part-time Vermonters. So we cut the staff down to about 25% or so. And with that, communication was absolutely key this year too. And we were fortunate to be able to leverage the Flake software system uh, to our advantage this year too, not only in how we interacted with the guests, but um, equally as important with our staff. So some of the functions that we rolled out this year too, with um, only going with half day and full day private lessons, um, we found that the good majority of our guests were, were late this year. And um, our staff had the ability to access through their schedules. They could see who they're skiing or riding with, um, what the person's needs are, their skill set, all those different pieces. And there's contact information in there as well, too. So the staff would often um, trigger a text message or a phone call and say, hey, Dave, you know, you're 40 minutes late for your private lesson. And some guests are, well, still in the rental shop or I'm finishing up my coffee or still at the hotel. And this gave an opportunity for our staff to actually say, well, I'll meet you in the rental shop. I'll help fit your boots or, yep, I can meet you. Um, you know, with food and beverage and get you through the, the line and get that coffee rolling for you so we can get out there on the snow. Um, so from a service standpoint, it really helped diffuse a lot of the anxiety that oftentimes our guests see around lessons and trying to find lineup and make sure they're on time and all that. Um, and the staff really liked that ability to start to develop that rapport. In fact, some even did that in advance. They'd reach out to their guests um, the night before and say, hey, I'll, I'll meet you specifically here or, hey, here's some things to think about in preparation for our lesson tomorrow. Um, so again, our, in our NPS scores, as everyone is saying on this call, are just through the roof, through the highest they've ever been in, in the snow sports school. And the other side to that too, internally, um, with the flake system, we're able to house a lot of information. So meeting notes, training logs, all those different pieces so that staff could go back and have record of all these different things that, that we're trying to communicate throughout the course of the year. because. Every day presented a new problem. We wanted to make sure that we we're on point with how we were messaging all this information. And Max hit a lot of um, highlights too with Flake as well, like the digital class list, which we didn't actually use as much because we were in private lesson mode only. We did roll out digital report cards, which are pretty slick too. So they have the ability to give feedback to your guests um, uh, through electronic process. And then, you know, Max also mentioned to the payroll confirmation piece with with our, our staff, we're running such a small crew this year. Our staff were involved with parking, canning reservations and lift operations and running um, a, a shovel, <laughs> a variety of different areas this year on top of snow sports instruction. So it's difficult at times to account for all this. And now the staff have the ability to go back and um, they can contest their, uh, their pay at the end of the day if we miss something, if missed a lineup or something to that effect. But it's, it's great to have um, put some of the onus and accountability back on the staff member just to make sure that payroll is accurate, too. So this is something that um, was successful this year, and we continue to move, hope to move forward into the future. So I'd say uh, all in all, the uh, being able to, to leverage technology for us this year has been, been quite advantageous because, again, every day presented a new challenge, and we're able to communicate effectively and, and put on a good show for both our guests and our staff. So once uh, you mentioned you uh, down to about 25% of your normal staffing levels as, as we move forward and, and hopefully next season, you know, back to, you know, welcoming a lot more of that staff back. And then, you know, as a result, a lot more of the, the guests back and that volume, are, do you have, uh, will it be a big change from 
uh, how things operated this year as far as scaling up and everything, or, or do you foresee scaling up being uh, relatively turnkey? You know, I, it'll have its challenges, but we don't anticipate it to be as difficult as we thought it would have been in the beginning of the season. I think right now we've really sort of galvanized our full-time staff with understanding how we're using the software and, you know, they're going to be in the trenches with all the staff that come back next year too, and can help assist that, that transition. So we found that it was very eye-opening to some of our folks too, you know, bought their first laptops and first true cell phones this year too, to be able to, to follow through with some of these processes that we rolled out. Um, I think we really turned the corner in terms of technology use now for the line staff. Nice tech transition, not only for the resort, but for staff as well. <laughs> That's Definitely. terrific. Uh, Jordan, uh, Killington has had access gates and pickup box kiosks for a few years now, uh, and also a fair mix uh, of on-site and advanced online ticket sales this winter with the majority of sales moving online. Uh, did the resort scale up in use of those kiosks? And what did that mean for on-site operations with ticket windows or desks and indoor space and staffing and those kinds of things? Yeah, so we've been on um, Access RFID for, I believe this is our fourth year. Um, and we implemented the pickup boxes last year. I think we had three of them. So we kind of, we had them around in a couple different places, but they were somewhat challenging in that you had only certain people could use them. It wasn't easy to communicate. We'll just go to the pickup box because if you ordered through a reseller or over the phone, you might not have been able to use it. So this year really focusing, you know, again, having that time preseason to define how we were going to do everything. Um, but thank, we're very thankful to the folks at Aspenware that helped us. And I'm sure a lot of people on this call collectively um, helped Aspenware figure out the problems we needed to solve. But for literally everyone to be able to go through the Aspenware portal, whether they did purchase through a reseller or buying from us to then use the kiosk. Um, the other piece, put the kiosk placement we think is pretty key. It's got to be in the flow beforehand before they get to a ticket window. So we built um, custom trailers that could be moved around. You know, previously they were kind of put where it was convenient for us, and we decided you know they needed to be convenient for the customer. Um, but we also relied pretty heavily um, on indoor ticketing locations, and so we pulled all of our ticket uh, windows outdoors. We actually rented like temporary construction trailers that had windows in them. And we gave the previously uh, what was ticketing locations and queuing to the rental department um, for queuing because we needed six feet spacing between them. But as we've figured out that we can get everyone to buy online and we can rely on the kiosks uh, moving forward, we think we'll actually not use those indoor ticketing locations and we'll give that space Two rentals, part of it will become queuing and part of it will just be expanding the rental shop footprint so that we can move the rental process faster. Um, and then, you know, folks coming to the mountain, they can go to the ticket kiosk for their ticket and then go into the rental line, whereas previously people were sometimes getting in two lines and, you know, I think we've all probably dealt with this. Well, I bought my product online. Why do I have to wait in this line to pick it up? Um, and so that, that was key for us. Things around that and they probably just weren't really valid. Um, the pass holders also see it as a benefit that they can give the perk to someone without needing to be there at the resort. And even more so if they are skiing that day, they can get some laps in without waiting in the ticket line. Um, you know, there's other things through resellers where they, you know, we're bringing their ticket in and we just 
we forced them through pretty heavy messaging that it had to be done online with us. And then this, you know, the really the biggest benefit is that we're now collecting that person's information. We're getting them onto our site so that we can potentially move them into our customer, not continuing to go through the reseller process. Gotcha. And let's throw this question. Um, you've, if you, this is from Dave Tragathon, if you went cashless this season, are you planning on remaining cashless in the future? We, we encouraged um, credit card sales, but if someone wanted to pay cash, we did allow it. So we didn't go completely cashless. Has your resort gone cashless? Let us know by sending an email to huddle at saminfo.com or leave a message on our Huddle voicemail at 802-243-0582. And you've got a mountain bike operation. Do you see some of this tech playing into your, your summer ops? I would say it almost was a little bit around backwards where we were open this summer. Um, and so we were able to, we did the same thing, you know, you needed to buy your, your mountain bike ticket online. We resellers, we really practiced with getting them through the purchase process to redeem their uh, voucher on Aspenware and push the pickup boxes this summer for testing and we could work out kinks for this winter. So we'll definitely keep it going this summer and in the future. And what about flake? Would that be applied to mountain school, mountain bike? Um, School would that have a sure very similar to what George just said. We worked out some of the things last summer by um, okay. our payroll for bike school and scheduling uh, through bike school. So we'll continue to do the same. And we we roll that into the snow sports school, of course, for the winter time. So we're able to work out some of the kinks in the summer. We'll continue to do that in the summertime for bike school. Awesome. Um. So I think with that, we're going to turn um, to our um, three tech suppliers and uh, to share a little bit about what's coming next. Um, we've sort of opened the floodgates. And um, I think the theme you hear on this call is that uh, for all the nervousness, there have been these incredible stories of um, learning and discovering a, that our business can be so much more efficient. The customer experience can be so much better when you lean into the tech. So let's start with uh, Rob Clark, who's the CEO of Aspenware. Um, Rob, what are your customers thinking about as they're looking ahead uh, to summer and next season and beyond? Um, and what advice would you give operators who are just diving into this, uh, getting into more tech? Yeah, thanks, Olivia. And thanks to the panelists. I love just hearing all the positivity heading forward. It's such a contrast to this time last year, somebody said. So really what it all comes down to is skier expectations and the resulting guest experience that's designed to meet and exceed those expectations. The modern skier expects and really demands self-service solutions that reduce the barriers between them and their activity. We've all heard of direct to lift, but now it's direct to lesson, direct to rental, direct to activity, step out of your car or your hotel room, head straight to the lift or to the activity with no stops. COVID was really a catalyst for change. Most of the items we implemented this year were ideas that we had prior to COVID, but they were ideas whose implementation was accelerated by COVID. This past year, we focused on reducing the reasons that a guest had to call in or stop at a service desk or a window at the resort. We met with our customers last spring to identify all those reasons that guests had to stop in. We prioritized them and we started coding. As a result, um, skiers at Aspen Resorts this past winter are number one, using self-service payment plans and subscriptions where guests can manage their payment plan online with no resort intervention. They're redeeming all vouchers online like Jordan talked about, including buddy tickets, discount passes, comps, trades. 
The Redeeming Mountain Collective passes online where you used to have to stop at the ticket window. They're redeeming icon, friends, uh, icon Pass friends and family tickets online. They're validating students and military online through our integration to a third party system called Sheer ID. No need to stop at the window with a military or student ID. Aspenmore Arrival was our biggest addition this past year. It allows skiers to check in for their trip, just like an airline passenger checks in for a flight, capture all that information in advance. None of this would be possible without the close relationships we have with other vendors like Flake and Access. Um, with the Access pickup box, it's not just about throwing a QR code and the email confirmation. Guests have to understand what to expect when they show up and be given options um, if they have a ticket to reload or if they want to pick up new media at the pickup box. We also work really closely with Flake to understand what are those questions that we need to be asking in the purchase flow so that um, the students can be ready for their lesson. They can have a ticket, their waivers signed, their emergency contacts filled out and can go straight to their lesson. We're gonna continue, we're gonna continue to focus on much of the same in 2021. We're gonna to continue to improve on what we've done and continue to check off those reasons that guests are still calling in or stopping in to see an agent. We're looking at things like order management, change my start date, extend my ticket duration, change my products, and merchandising options, including intelligent product recommendations, cross-sells and upsells that help capture more wallet share of existing guests. The ticket window should really be just for solving problems and not for selling tickets. The bottom line is that technology is one area that has seen a lot of positive change from COVID, and we hope that most of those changes stick around. Great, thanks so much, Rob. Um, Mike Bisner, VP of Sales and East for Access. And Mike, what is Access working on as sort of the, to meet the customer expectations um, for that friction-free experience? What, what's next uh, for you guys? Well, follow, <clears throat> following uh, Rob's comment that COVID really didn't change anything, it really accelerated technology is all it did. Uh, Access is striving to integrate our contactless, touchless RFID hardware with all of the POS and e-commerce partners out there. Uh, the speed with which we've been able to accomplish integrations with Aspenware this year uh, has really uh, shown us that it's possible to address the needs of our mutual customers in an efficient and cost-effective manner. Uh, we also did the same with uh, Siriusware, uh, pivoting to actually print barcoded tickets and not just RFID tickets out of our uh, pickup box for uh, Siriusware customers that didn't have RFID gates. So uh, this year uh, we all scrambled and I, I think that there was a, uh, a very high level of cooperation among the different uh, you know, technology vendors out there. Uh, kiosk and, re and reloads, okay, and the delivery of online tickets for, rental, for ticketing, rentals and lessons will be the norm in the future. Uh, the customer is way out in front of us on this, as we saw with the adoption rates, okay? Um, they will continue to use their mobile devices and technology to get to the slopes faster. Uh, we are doing some, some really great stuff uh, with all these technology partners out there. And each of our potential new customers have different POS uh, software, some have different e-commerce software, and we're just doing our best to actually align uh, the, the best of breed out there uh, with our hardware. Nice. Um, and I did see a little bit on Twitter about at St. Moritz, there's there's a testing of BLE 
Yeah, yeah we, we actually uh, have uh, Bluetooth for using your mobile device, okay, and Bluetooth uh, for entry. It works really well with uh, stadiums and convention centers where you have a one-time entry. Uh, we're testing it at uh, some ski areas. The uh, limitation of it is actually the battery life of the mobile device. Uh, as we go into a lodge at around noontime, everybody's looking to plug their phone in because they've been using it for uh, running ski tracks and listening to Pandora and taking pictures. And uh, I know that uh, after a couple hours of skiing that, uh, you know, my, my, I'm down to uh, 20% and, you know, pulling a phone out at every entry or, uh, you know, having a, a battery uh, until that battery life is really solved by the cell phone manufacturers. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, encourage everybody that okay. Bluetooth is around the corner for skiing. Okay. Well, I just that how fast we adopted to everything we have already. It, I just thought it'd be fun to see what's coming next because <laughs> it's, well, it's coming. Yeah, it is. And uh, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of uh, integrations. I think that, uh, they, 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 we're not going to, the, the key message is we're not going to go backwards. We're only right. going to go forward. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Um, and finally, Steve Kenny, CEO of Flake. Um, this winter, um, your software was really put to the test. Um, and with uh, the stories of several operators today who have uh, found great success, and improving the guest experience and the management of the staff and the staff um, really finding um, an affinity towards this program as well. So what's next for Flake? So, yeah, no, Mike touched on it. You know, it's, it's critical with integrations going forward, um, you know, in order to next different systems, make sure they're working together. I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen this year is it's a huge mental cost to interact with the ski industry, just in terms of different different tech and um you know i think the the guest is just has been has borne the brunt of that in the in the past and so one of the things that we're working on this year is just being able to better integrate with with various systems right so you know getting that guest experience up to it's easy enough you know when i book a flight i can change my flight through an app i can do all those sort of things um and having that tech connected so you know that when someone goes online to book a, a, a ski school lesson you know, through through Aspen Wes e-commerce platform, for example, then they can see exactly, you know, what the request instructors, they get a, a better detailed list of questions um, that help instructors prepare. You know, we can get better information to inform scheduling. Um, I think that the big things that we're looking at are, are like real-time inventory management so that instead of having to cut off your, your private sales 24, 45, 48 hours ahead of time, that's all real time. So, you know, the guest should be able to book online a private lesson 30 minutes before the start of that lesson. Um, you know, I think that that sort of experience is critical to, to continuing, you know, the, what everyone's done this year. Um, and then I think the, the big one for us too, I mean, we're all, we're not as sexy as selling tickets and e-commerce. It's all back office management for us. But I think the big thing is um, what we're terming as predictive labor analytics and, and really getting to that point where instead of having to look at last Saturday and figuring out how well you did, it's more looking at next Saturday and figuring out how well you could do. And I think, I think that, you know, as we integrate with all these various systems, whether it's access and Aspenware, whether it's your um, uh, human resources software, that's the, that's the key component, right? Being able to actually act upon that information and, and improve business as opposed to just looking back on going, 
yeah, if we did this, we could have done a ton better. So I think, I think you know, for us, the future is all about working with, with Access, working with Aspenware, working with a, a bunch of other folks in order to improve the experience so that you, the ski resorts can deliver on the promise. You know, I think that's the, that's the really critical component that, um, that gets us excited about, about this upcoming year. And, and everyone's been through a lot of pain in the last 12 months. And I think, you know, we can all turn that to our benefit going into to next season. The ski industry is evolving and we're all looking ahead. Join us on March 29th for a conversation on the road ahead. This special 90-minute huddle will look at the long-term planning following a period where we've barely been able to look more than a week down the road. Register at www.saminfo.com huddle. Thank you to our partners who sponsored this huddle conversation, Aspenware, Access, and Flake. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. The PodSAM advisor is Alex Kaufman, the Winter Mix podcast guy. I am Sarah Bordeaux, and thank you for listening to PodSAM.